What's up guys, Coach Steve here and welcome to the very first episode of the Rise podcast. Today I'm joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm ready to rise. I really am. Mm -hmm. Ready to rise. No, I'm really excited and if you've been listening to the Challenge podcast for quite some time, this is a brand new season, so it's a continuation of the Challenge podcast as we transition into the Rise method. Now, Nick, let's address the elephant in the room first, mm-hmm. um, where we're going to talk about the rise method. Now, um, the Max and Maxine challenge and the M challenge have been around for over a decade. I think it's close to 13 years. And the parent company, the owners of the Max and the Maxine challenge and the M challenge um, have decided to focus more resources on the Max and Maxine products and decided to put the challenge on the shelf. Okay. Uh, so, what we did was we saw the community that were um, going to be left, right? The challenge community that, that is on places like our Facebook social hub, um, on, on Instagram, and those who are interested in the challenge, um, they were just going to be put on the shelf as well. So we put our hands up and said, hey, look, we can continue the challenge um, and rebrand it and, and revamp it into something new. And that's where we are now, Nick. We um, have put the Max and Maxine challenge, the M challenge to the side and started something completely different, something completely new, which might have some elements of the challenge, but then some new things involved, uh, which may speak to to a, a different fitness enthusiast because the challenge, the Max and Maxine challenge, the M challenge was all about, you know, body transformation. It was all about, you know, the roots in bodybuilding how much weight can you lose? How shredded can you get? How much muscle can you build? Uh, and there were limitations with thinking like this, Nick. You know, there's uh, it's very seasonal approaches. It's very like deadline approaches. I'm going to do the challenge, and once that's over, it's it's over type thing. And we want to think beyond that and talk about how we can make fitness a a ongoing. Thing, something that is part of our lives. And we speak about that a lot on the previous challenge podcast. I'm speaking more about that in the Rise method, and we are. We'll, we'll talk more about uh, the different values that we have within Rise. But it's going to be a really exciting new venture with a different um, competition, completely a brand new platform, and essentially a brand new challenge. So. Nick, with that to the side, I don't want to turn this podcast into just a, an entire pitch of the Rise method, but I'm really excited. It's been a, it's a crazy, crazy day so far because today is launch day of the Rise method. It's it's Monday, the 22nd of May that's recording this, and this podcast coming out tomorrow, the 23rd. So it's been a crazy day, day one of, of uh, launch of the challenge, and it's going to be exciting. I'm excited, Nick. I'm excited. Yeah, I can I can see the excitement and all the OGs are signing up and um, off we go with the rocket. Yes, that's the emerging priest here floating around everywhere. Uh, I got to rise like a rocket. Um, so that was actually Laura's idea for that that rocket. So I'll give her give her that one. So um, yeah, let us know that you're listening to this. Give us a little rocket emoji. It's gonna be really cool. Oh, cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, Nick, before we get into the the main uh, conversation of the podcast today, where we're going to go through the philosophy of the RISE method and how you can start applying the RISE method to your fitness journey, towards your health journey, I want to ask, Nick, how are you doing? How's your training coming along? It's so good. I just can't get over it. I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) I love my training. Um, I'm just everything's coming together for me but like that that is probably really topical you know to do with rise because 
there are many elements to making your training come together really well and um sometimes the synergy takes a while to understand and then it can come and go as well um you can't place too much emphasis on the good or the bad i think because otherwise you get stuck there so um everything's going well thank you very much i just yeah i'm feeling on top of the world even though if if you could see this podcast you would see i'm in my udi because it's (laughs) night time and cold (laughs) No, so good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that everything is going smoothly and nice. Mm. Nick, I have had a, an interesting um, geek out session over the last week or so. Okay. Mm. So in the evidence-based fitness communities, there's all this chatter um, about this uh, new research area around lengthened partials. Have you seen any chatter about that, Nick? Yeah, I have. I have. And I, I thought you might have been onto it. I just wasn't sure if you had time. But of course you have time in between yeah. writing like five ebooks and um, 10 <laughs> programs and a website. You, you would have time, wouldn't you? Of course. Of course I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's been really interesting because I've started to apply some of these concepts to my own training. Um, mm-hmm. And and gosh, like the hello to new doms is all I, um, all I need to say to that. So I want to give it a really quick super summary of what this idea of of lengthened partials are, uh, and then we'll get back to the main main podcast. So this is something you could apply right now to your training, okay? So when we're training and we're mainly talking about range of motion, so I consider something like a bicep curl. You know, when you do a bicep curl and you bend your elbow and your hand gets closer to your shoulder, you know, the bicep itself becomes shortened, right? Mm -hmm. It goes through a shortening. Um, and that's where you kind of get the bicep pop because you're kind of squishing everything together and the bicep kind of pops up. And then when you straighten your elbow, you go through that lengthening phase. Okay. So what um, a big movement was over the past six months or so following some research was demonstrating um, increased gains when we increase range of motion, right? And that we should train at, um, you know, a, a, a range of motion that is, is, is as large as we could make it for the target muscle. Okay. So that included the full lengthened position and the fully contracted position, right? Then there was more research that came out over the past month or so, which starts to demonstrate or suggest that we elicit the most muscle gaining or hypertrophy is the fancy word, when we put the muscle in a fully stretched position, right? And what they compared was something like a bicep curl um and i think they use the calf and then i think the quadricep um and they compared like the arm fully straight and then mm-hmm. bending the elbow to 90 degrees so like the length and position to 90 degrees they compared mm-hmm. that muscle growth to the 90 degrees to you know bringing your hand to your shoulder so the shortened portion or the lengthened portion or the shortened mm-hmm. partial or lengthened partial and what um some of these studies are starting to point towards is that Focusing more on the lengthened partial rather than the shortened partial leads to more gains. Okay. So I've spoken a lot about things like time under tension in the past. And I thought, and I kept saying things like, oh, it's silly, it's stupid. And I think I'm going to start to change my mind a little bit. Oh, my Lord. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So look out. This is where the problem lies, though. I think that the common idea around time under tension is that, you know, we're trying to keep just the muscle engaged the entire time. What is a better way to describe it is time under significant tension so t-u-s-t right where if we were to lengthen the bicep 
and then contract to let's say 90 degrees, you know, halfway or maybe three quarters of the way, and then go back into that lengthened position, we keep the bicep at more of a lengthened state. And when we are lengthening that bicep under tension, think of it like elastic, an elastic band, right? As you stretch it, more tension is applied to that muscle, tension leading to muscle growth through, you know, really complex physiological, uh, you know, cascading events. So what I've been doing in my training is I've almost been cutting off the kind of squeeze portion. Yeah. So let's say a bicep curl, how you bend your elbow and you kind of like, you know, squeeze at the very top. Mm. I'm cutting off like, let's say maybe 10% off of that. So, and, and then focusing more on the stretch position and if anything, adding a little pause at the stretch position. So this has worked really well for my back, right? So feeling my lats. And when I watch novice people training their back, um, they don't actually get into a fully stretched like lat position. You watch a, a novice, a beginner doing like a lat pull down, they might straighten their arms overhead, but then their elbows are still bent, bent and their arms aren't really straight. So they're not really stretching the lats. So the lats don't really get this tension in the lengthened position. And they may be spending more time focusing on, you know, the, the squeezing portion of the lats. So if you take away that focus on the squeezing portion of focusing on the lengthening portion, gosh, Nick, new doms on my back, holy hell. And what we can do to apply that right now is let's say a chin up, instead of focusing on getting the, the chin over the bar, because you watch some a novice try to do a chin up, they get the chin over the bar and then they might lower themselves down, their elbows are at 90 degrees and they try to go for a second rep. Hmm. Focus on the other side, you know, lengthen your arm as long as you can and then, you know, pull as high as you can go. And even if the chin is nowhere near the bar, maybe your forehead is at the bar, that's fine. Go back down, lengthen the, the, the lats and go again. Like today I trained legs mm -hmm. uh, and same thing, like with a squat, uh, focusing on going down deep. And that means I needed to go lighter with my squat, but going deep, add the pause and then contract. Woo, holy quad pump. Um, and then uh, doing like a, an RDL, right? But uh, I, I MacGyvered a position where I set the barbell up in the squat rack, leant against it so my legs were locked straight and mm -hmm. then bent forward, stretching my hamstrings. And I just held a dumbbell at my chest. Oh, Jesus, holy hamstrings. I could barely walk out of my garage into my house. So this is just a practical uh, application of science for anybody listening. When you're training, maybe the next training session you do, focus more attention in that lengthening position. How lengthened can you get your muscle try to hold that lengthening position for a moment under tension you know then what i mean by that is let's say the bicep curl you can straighten your arm like by your side right now there's no tension there but you know lengthen it try to contract that bicep slightly feel the tension in that lengthened position and then go to contract but you know don't fully contract or like lock out you know let's say a bench press instead of locking out completely because that is uh, the full contraction maybe take 10% off the end and then go back into the next position and feel the stretch at the very bottom. And you might find a new experience with DOMS and a pump, which is always just really nice and is a good signal for good muscle growth. Yeah, for sure. I think maybe for, for a bicep, if you've got access to um, cable cables, that's a really good one to maintain at the bottom where you don't have to fully straighten and you can hold that ten tensione. And then, um, yeah, that's if you if you're new, that's a really good way to feel it, um, and sort of register what's going on. Cables are awesome. Yeah, yeah, cables no, I do like bomb. cables. Um, mm. 
Yeah, like I've been doing just a like an incline bicep curl. So like lay down on the oh, bench, a slight incline, yeah. and then dumbbells like bring my arms behind me. Yeah. Um, and same thing, if anything, at the very bottom, I try to squeeze my tricep slightly just mm-hmm. to lengthen out my, my bicep uh, even more and then try to hold that just for that moment before I kind of curl into the next rep. And, oh, geez, bicep pump. And I'm like, oh, man, I've just missed out on this for a while. The other one that's been really cool is trying to apply it to a lateral raise, okay? Mm. Oh. Because... When you do a lateral raise, right, at the very bottom, when the hands are by the side, mm. you know, the first, like, let's say, um, I don't know, 10, 20 degrees of the lateral raise, the dumbbells are kind of moving with gravity. So there's not a lot of load there. Um, so when you're doing a lateral raise, that focuses more on the shortening portion of the delts, okay? And I've always really struggled to grow my shoulders, as in, like, proportionally. You know, I've got, okay, arms and a chest and a back, but my delts, like, I've just never proportionally had... Um, good delts. Now, um, you know, do lots of lateral raises and upright rows and shoulder presses, happy days. The same thing, never really grows. But what I did was I laid down on the bench at a slight incline on the side, okay, held a dumbbell by my side, and I can only do a three kilo dumbbell, right? Normally lateral raising, you know, seven, 10 kilos, whatever it is, three kilo dumbbell, lying on my side, holding the dumbbell in my top hand. um, I let straight arm, let my hand and my arm go behind my body. So I was stretching my delt, yeah? So the my hand was almost touching like my butt behind me, mm-hmm. um, lying on my side, and then trying to lift the dumbbell up to the sky. And what I was doing now was I was adding more load in the lengthened position of my deltoid. Nick, gosh, I couldn't lift my arms up after the session. I was like, okay, I'm onto something here. The focusing on the lengthened portion um, of your training yeah, new doms, Look out. new pump. Look yeah, give out. it a go. Give it a go. Look out, doorway. Um, Coach Steve will be unable to walk through it very soon. <laughs> well, look, that's why I've got slidey doors all in my house because when you need the space, you just a little bit more. Yeah, so let us know. Um, comment on this podcast and say if you've tried it and how you feel. Yeah, maybe a little, little rocket emoji. Let you know if you've tried it. Yeah. You can rise and get a good pump. Definitely. Nick. I'd like to move on to the main focus of today. I mm-hmm. want to walk everyone through the RISE method, mm-hmm. R-I-S-E, because it's an acronym, okay? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to call it, just turn it into a, a, an, an elevator pitch for the RISE method. Um, the only pitch I'm going to make is now saying that uh, go check out the risemethod.com.au website. You can download a free ebook there. It's a really cool book on nutrition and it's a really fun adventure taking you through the kingdom, the kingdom called the body. Um, and as you go through the kingdom, the castle and the gardens and everything like that, you learn about different parts of nutrition. Um, and then we also have a sample program called the Kickstart program, which is a free training plan and a meal plan that can help kickstart your fitness journey. Uh, you can sign up those for free on the risemethod.com.au website. So that's the only pitch I'm going to make in this first episode of the rise podcast but let's talk about the rise philosophy because nick these this rise philosophy is something that i've been thinking about for a while and probably things that we've spoken about a lot in our uh in the the challenge podcast and we apply in our fitness journey okay Mm. so starting with r nick r stands for re-evaluate okay so nick if you were to uh role play someone who's just heard this re-evaluate what do you think that means? Have a think about what I'm doing at the moment and how I could maybe optimize that, uh, change it around. If it's not working, what can I do to make it better? That's essentially it, right? So as the name suggests, we start by reevaluating where we are right now. 
okay? And that could be doing like an audit of our, our lifestyle, taking stock of what things are working, what might not be working, and then asking those kind of bigger questions that we often ask at the start of the fitness, uh, fitness journey. Things like, you know, what are your goals, right? What's the reason why you're doing this? You know, what, what, what value do you place in these behaviors? So if you want to go to the gym, you want to lose weight, you want to get fit, you want to run a marathon, why do you want to do those things? Why is this important to you? Does it align to your, your values, right? So this is the first kind of step is to reevaluate what's, what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we can start to ask ourselves questions and dive into different areas. And this all kind of depends on like your goal, yeah? So if your goal was to, let's say, lose weight, which is a goal we often face, you know, we can start asking questions like, you know, what's your, what's your current like habits around fitness? You know, are you going to a gym? Are you getting your steps up? You know, are you doing some physical activity? What are your current habits around food? Like, do you think that you're, you know, eating enough fruits and vegetables throughout the day, drinking enough water? Like, do you think you're um, overindulging yourself when you're coming to eat? Or are you snacking a lot and probably eating those foods that you don't really want to be consuming, right? We start to ask ourselves some of these questions, yeah? So reevaluate is all about, you know, this self-assessment. Where are we right now? So that we can help to to have us move forward, right? Mm. And a really good activity that you could do right now if you want to start this process, regardless if you do the right method or not, um, as in join us for the challenge, but you could start this process and start to make a bit of a plan, right? So, you know, with your fitness and health goals, whatever that might be, you know, what do you aim to achieve in the next three months, six months, and then 12 months from now? Okay, so three months, six months, 12 months. You know, what do you want to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. Three months is 12 weeks. You know, you could maybe lose a little bit, a little bit of body weight. Maybe over the next six months, you want to try to improve your fitness so you could run a five-kilometer, you know, uh, distance. And then maybe over 12 months, you might want to sign up for like a half marathon, something like that, right? And that could be like your three, six, 12-month goal. Once we kind of had that goal in mind, we can start to reverse engineer that and go, okay, well, what kind of um, environment do I need to to achieve that goal? What kind of habits do I need to achieve that goal? What kind of person do I need to become to achieve that goal? Okay, so it's all reevaluate is all about you know essentially reevaluating where we are right now so that we can take steps to move forward, right? Yeah, it's very important to be able to do that um, without emotion you know, because then you will be able to find where you need to be. Mm, That's right. That's right. Mm. So I think sometimes we have certain um, preconceived beliefs or place certain value on certain things in our life, right? Where once we kind of take that reflective moment, we go, oh, do we, do we really need that? Right. And let's use an example. Like you might place lots of value in uh, watching TV, Okay, um, because that's a, it's something that you can sit on the couch, chill out, you know, disconnect and zone out and, you know, watch Netflix or Disney or Stan or whatever's the latest thing, right? And I love to do that, Nick. I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I do. Like once the kids are asleep and it's been a day, it's been a wild day, you know, you've got one kid doesn't want to sleep, the other one's teething and carrying on and crying and screaming all day. Once, you know, maybe 8 o'clock, 8.30 comes along. And the dishes are finally done. The laundry is finally done. The house is finally uh, back to some sort of order. The only thing I want to do is sit on the couch and chill out. Mm. And I do, right? And I often just put on something on Netflix and it could be nothing. I'm just kind of staring and zoning out. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying you're a bad person for doing that. But if you place lots of value on these activities, you might start to reflect and go, well, you know, is there things that I could be doing right now to improve myself and maybe i'm um, going back to it i'm not saying it's a bad thing maybe to improve yourself is just to zone out and, and you know 
chill, that's fine. Um, but if you are taking that to the extreme, like you get home from work or home from school, it's five o'clock, no kids, no pets, no, no other responsibilities, and you wanna sit and play maybe video games up until two in the morning, are you playing, seeing lots of value on these things that might not align with your goal? So good time to reflect. Definitely. So Nick, once we've taken a moment to reevaluate where we are right now, the next step is to implement. Okay. So we're going to implement a strategy to move us towards our, you know, goal, our focus, our target. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the strategy that we apply firstly needs to be specific. So if you want to lose weight, your goal or your, your strategy will be to lose weight, right? It needs to be um, a strategy that has some sort of evidence or some sort of proof that's going to move us into that direction. Yeah. So if you want to lose weight and your, your uh, strategy to lose weight is to, you know, eat uh, a Big Mac every day, you can kind of see that might not be an effective strategy for that. But if your strategy might be that you want to, you know, reach 10,000 steps a day um, and have a, a, a big salad with every meal, something like that, that might be the first steps, first strategy that you can implement to achieve your goal. Right. Now, beyond just a straight strategy, we can start to look at more macro factors, right? Not macros, but macro factors. Like, how do I need to change my environment to achieve this goal? How do I need to change my habits to achieve this goal? Do I need to look for resources to move in this direction? Like, how am I going to actually do this thing? Yeah. So these are some things that we need to consider in the implement phase, right? Mm-hmm. And a really good activity to move into that implement phase is to create something like a schedule, like a, like a, a plan for like a, a week to week plan. So Nick, I'm going to ask you when mm. you um, are currently prepping for your competition, right? You've gone through this reevaluate phase. All right. My goal step on stage. I need to reach maybe this percentage body fat, um, mm-hmm. focus on building my, my maybe quads, lats and shoulders. So I can get that shape. Um, and you move into the, this implementing phase, you know, you have a strategy. How do you kind of structure your weeks that you can kind of continue to make progress towards that, that goal? So what kind of things do you do? Well, uh, I have a program, so I definitely stick to that. Uh, but in terms of making sure that I progress, it's not just about the the paper or you know digital program. For me, it's about making sure that I am showing up. So um, actually doing the work, not just talking about it. So I guess the word implement works perfectly there. So um, it's all very well to have it all written down, but I think of strategies for how to actually get this done. So for me, it's very much about getting it done. The earlier, the better. So um, we all know I like to do my steps quite early and then um, I like to train as early as I possibly can because then I know that that it has been implemented, that factor. There's only so many, you can't always say, oh, like I'm going to train more, I'm going to train more. It's very specific and um, get in, get out type situation and then recover from that so I can do it again. So that's also looking after myself and um, not overdoing it, just making sure that I can get through everything that I need to get through. So um, it's very structured. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And you uh, kind of took it away from the, 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 the next part, which is to sustain. It's a little bit of a, a double answer there, Nick. Um, but I think For you sure. really brought up a good point about, you know, how do you like track your progress, which is a good time to, to ask that question. So before we kind of, 
you know, implement that strategy or maybe the, the start of that strategy, we need to find a way to track progress. You know, mm -hmm. going back to like our weight loss example, if my goal was that I wanted to lose an arbitrary number, five kilos, 10 kilos, whatever it is, how am I going to track that, right? I need to find a way to measure my progress and I would need to decide, okay, I'm going to track my weight loss by measuring my body weight changes because my goal is weight loss. I want to track my weight. I'll have to, I'll have to show you then specifically, but nobody on the thing can see it. So, but you can, and you'll like it. So this is just for you, but um, <laughs> this is my data. So love good data. Can you see? Yeah, I can see it coming yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, see? yeah. So is there one single row that's missed? No, Anything no. Ever? So what Nick's is showing me is a, a spreadsheet, all nice color coordinated, love that. Um, and in the columns, she's got data on her, her weight changes. Um, I think I see sleep there, um, yeah. how you're feeling as well. Um, yeah, so there's good information. And this yeah. is just start, starting to ask those questions of like, how are you going to keep track of your, your progress? I've literally, right? I've even got, not, this is just because, you know, chicks are listening to it. I've even got when my period's due. So it, like it's, it's that, and then it's period due. So weight is up, you know, so I yeah. even write that and then it says assessment and planning for future goals, feeling bloated because of period. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened back then, the period finished. So this is like a seven days worth of explaining that. <laughs> and that, yeah, that was back in, let me just tell you, um, oh, March, <laughs> there was something happened. <laughs> but yeah, no, I so love that. I can, I can go back. I can go back and see everything. So specifically I have, yeah, it's insane, isn't it? Yeah. No, I love that good data. And mm. I think like when we can kind of collect that backlog of data, um, I love in the future, like that data, you could probably plug into um, a future AI and they, the AI would be able to calculate, you know, potentially the best program for you. Um, so I love that you had that, that database and I've got my own database of stuff and I would love for that day, one day, just to plug it into a computer and let it kind of just analyze me, you know, love to see what it decides yeah. is best yeah. for me. I just hope it says low reps. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah. Uh, but look, in summary, Nick, the I the implement phase, we are primarily creating like a, a strategy or an action plan. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, some, some key things is that we want to be making sure we're looking for any resources that are available to us, highlighting any potential future obstacles that might stop our, our, our implementing plan um, and then making sure it still aligns with our values. But it's important takeaway is that we're not just simply creating a list of tasks to do, right? You know, within the RISE method, it's all about, you know, this, this lifestyle change. Like how can we, instead of just making a list of tasks and just ticking them off, how can we make those tasks a part of what we do, like, you know, who we are, um, so that it becomes easy. You know, it just becomes built into our environment. And we do this, you and I, Nick, and then most people listening, where like, for me to go and train, it's not like a big hurdle. It's not like a big task to do. You know, I, I train right now once my kids go to sleep at the lunchtime nap, right? Mm -hmm. So once they're asleep, I kind of come out, um, I start getting ready for the gym. And it's just, you know, business as usual. And off I go, I go into my garage and, and I train. So for me, it's just such a seamless just thing that I do. My partner um, agrees with it. And that's just something that that we um, works in our life. And it's something that is not like it's a, it's a big hurdle or a barrier or anything like that. So I want you to think about that in the implement, implementing phase, not just creating a list of tasks to do, asking yourself, how can I make this, you know, part of just my lifestyle, make it just part of the norm. Yeah. Mm. 
Now, Nick, now we transition into the sustain phase. And you kind of alluded to some parts of it already, but this is the phase where we start, we've started to implement our strategy. The strategy is going along, but we need to start considering how are we going to sustain this strategy over time or sustain this change, okay? So some things we can start to talk about, like you said, Nick, was maybe like the dose of our strategy. If you're training too hard and you're getting fatigued, tired, mood swings, maybe a high risk of injury, maybe you're training so hard that it's uh, taking away from your future performance so you don't actually see progress anymore, we need to start thinking about how we can make this more sustainable, okay? That's what, you know, training element. The other side of it is like that nutrition element. If your goal is weight loss, often people go, you know, balls to the wall, let's do this thing. I'm gonna starve myself. I'm gonna try to lose as much weight as I can. Um, and then they kind of overdo it. It's not sustainable. Um, and then they kind of quote, fall off the wagon after, you know, two, three, four weeks because it's not something that they can actually make as part of their life. So thinking about how we can make it sustainable is all about the sustained portion of rise. Mm, very important. That's probably where you live most of the time. That's right. That's right. And when we think about, you know, more than just like going into the gym, we need to start considering like the entire environment. Yeah. So if you want to make something sustainable, let's say we need to ask that question, like, what are you going to do around like, you know, social events, your birthday's coming up, your kid's birthday's coming up, you know, you've got a work function, like, you know, you're going to go out someone's 30th, 40th, you know, it's going to be a, a party. Are you going to drink? Are you going to have a, a slice of cake or eat some of the chips? Like, what are you going to do in these events and how are you going to make it sustainable, right? And you might find out that, hey, you can, um, you know, have a glass of, of, of wine or, or a drink at these events and still stay on track with your goals. You may find that, hey, you know, I'm going to go get a, a burger with my buddies because I haven't seen them in, in, in six months. Let's go and, and, and do that and enjoy that experience um, without derailing from my program and without beating myself too much that, um, you know, I, I wasn't able to enjoy these things. So thinking about how we can make a part of the broader sense, you know, how can I manage social challenges? How can I manage uh, relationships? How can I manage like my household, my job, my career, all these things? How can we make this sustainable for us? Hmm. Hmm. The final area about sustainability is that idea of motivation. Yeah. How are we going to keep ourselves motivated to achieve this, this goal? And I think all of us are driven for different reasons. Um, you know, I think some personalities were driven by you know, numbers, like for, for me, like if I can see a number and I'm actively making that change, I can measure it, that's a win, right? And that could be, I'm doing more reps in the gym, my body weight's going down, um, I'm, I'm, I'm scoring higher on a, on a test, I've got more money in my bank account, whatever it is, like I can see that, I'm working towards it, I'm motivated for that, mm. yeah? Um, others might be motivated for, for different reasons, you know, maybe there's a, a sense of a greater purpose or maybe you're motivated because of someone else or motivated by a, a higher purpose or being like a, a brand or a deity or something like that. So we all kind of have maybe different areas of motivation um, and driving forces for that motivation. And I think it's important that we always connect back to the reason why we're, we're doing this thing or wh why we're trying to make that change. Um, and, you know, once we can connect with that, that's where it becomes easy. We go, yeah, okay, I'm doing this because I want to be fit and healthy for uh, my kids so I can continue to play with them. Or I want to look like Buff 
dad because I want my kids to be like, my dad's the biggest, you know, out of out of in everyone in the schoolyard, right? So like maybe that's that's your goal and that, that's cool, right? Or maybe that your goal is that you, um, you know, don't want to feel embarrassed that you can't put your shoes on because you've got a, a, a big gut or something like that. So whatever your reason why, this is where we reconnect it with it in the sustain portion. Definitely. And your why can evolve over time. So check in on it. If it doesn't resonate with you anymore, that's okay too. You can you can move your why goalpost. That's right, Nick. And look, you've taken my next portion again, and that's cool Oops. because the next step is to evolve, right? Now, evolve is more than just evolving, as in like adapting to the change. It's about the reflective process um, and reflecting on things like, like you said, Nick, has your reason why changed? Has it evolved over time, right? Yeah, or has hopefully your... it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for me, like my reason why I kind of started getting into the gym was because I wasn't happy with the way I looked. I was, I was out of shape. Um, you know, girls wouldn't talk to me or look at me attractively. So I was like, I got to do something about this. <laughs> so for I started for very vain reasons. I wanted to look good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then as that, as I got further into my fitness journey, uh, you know, that evolved to more of like a, a health thing and then it turned into more of like a mental health thing and now it's a way to ground myself so that I could be a better a better version of myself right so that's evolved over a longer period but even in the short term like my goal kind of changes maybe every like you know three six twelve months where I might focus a bit on strength a bit on like flexibility a bit on um, building muscle and that is totally fine as well so it's all about evolving and reflecting as we move through the evolved stage yeah, definitely. That's very important as well because otherwise it, it, you go out of alignment and that's when you stop because suddenly you start hating what you're doing and it's because you haven't checked in and you haven't evolved and gone, wait a minute, what can I change here to make it resonate with me again? That's right. So within the evolve section, you know, we've, we've, we've reevaluated where we are, we've implemented a strategy, we've sustained that strategy. Now in the evolve stage, one, we're reflecting on the entire journey. Two, as we evolve and we adapt to that new strategy, we may need to increase the dose of our strategy. Okay. So let's say you're training in the gym, you're training, let's say four days a week, you're doing 10 sets of exercise each session, and you're lifting a certain number on the bar for a certain amount of reps. We can do that for a, por- uh, a period of time and we can see some good gains, but we'll reach a time where we no longer see progress with that strategy right if you train the same way consistently you will adapt to that and you might need to increase that um overload or the the stimulus so you can continue to grow okay so this is where that evolved stage comes in where we go okay we need to find ways to continue to see progress and we may need to advance our strategy so that we can keep on going okay so evolving we're all about reflecting and then understanding that we adapt um, and then modify our strategy if we need to, to continue to see progress. Yeah. Mm. Good. Now within this evolve stage is also reflecting on like what, what went well and then what maybe didn't go well, what you might've learned um, and what you would change again. So it's all about this process of, of evolution. Yeah. Once we've gone through maybe let's say a traditional fitness journey, yeah, we've gone through, let's say a, a, a challenge, a 12 week program, 
in this evolution stage is a great time to start to think about other areas of fitness. And we've spoken about this in the past where after we finish our, our you know, block of training, six weeks, 12 weeks, we might dabble in other things like, oh, I'm going to go for a hike. I'm going to try rock climbing or, you know, this new trampolining sport or, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to dabble in these things and, and evolve within food. Maybe you've been following a diet for a period of time. Once you've reached the end of it, you might evolve and trial new things. Maybe a new recipe or new structure, maybe a new diet, those types of stuff. So evolution is where we grow. Yeah. And we, we, we adapt and we, we move. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, Nick, as with life and as with the seasons, fitness is really about a, a cyclical nature of growth. Because once we've gone through the reevaluate re phase, implement phase, the sustain phase, the evolve phase, we then need to start the cycle again and we reevaluate. So as we go through our cycles of training, and that could be, you know, day to day, week to week, month to month, you know, block by block. We go through this process, okay, reevaluate where we are, implement a strategy, sustain that strategy, evolve, and then we start again. Reevaluate is are, are things working? Where am I right now? Where do I want to move to? Implement a strategy, sustain that strategy, and then evolve. And like I mentioned, you know, we could do that on a day to day sense. Start the day, evaluate where am I? Where do I want to move to? What could I do today to move closer to my goal? Implement that strategy. Um, sustain that strategy so that we can continue that thing on this day level, evolve, and we move on, right? We do it on the week-a-week -week set, setting. We do a month-to-month, block-by-block. The RISE method is a circular method, and it's something that we probably do in our own fitness journey, in our careers, in our life. It's a philosophy, um, and it's about a philosophy of continuous growth, continual grow, growth as we move to a better version of ourselves. Definitely. You can even do it on a really micro level. Like if you feel like you can't get out of bed in the morning, you can do a quick rise and just yeah. see what's going on for you. And then you can evolve by actually taking that step and getting up and doing it. That's right. That's right. Mm. So look, essentially, this is what the rise method is all about. It's about this um, cyclical nature of fitness. It's about continual growth and about how we can refine each phase of the rise um, method so we can continuously progress so um as a as a semi pitch at the end here i like to say that if you're kind of stuck in any phase of the rise maybe you're at the very beginning i don't know where where i am where i'm going those types of things or maybe you've implemented a strategy you're not sure if that strategy is effective um, or specific to your goal or maybe you're in the sustain phase where you're struggling to stay motivated staying in touch you need some people around your community or maybe you're at the very end where you're not sure where to go you've been training for a year or two and you're kind of like ah right i don't know where to evolve to the rise method is for you and we hope that you can join our community um, at the rise method and we hope that we can help you to move through those phases we've got a range of resources around um, reevaluate, implement, sustain, and evolve so that you can get the most out of each phase and that you can continue moving, right? And the, the quicker we can start moving through these cycles of rising, that's when we can really uh, compound on each other and really see growth. And just like a rocket ship, we can take off. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, don't hesitate to ask questions because that's how you will actually evolve. You know, you need to ask. So there's no silly questions. That's right. Get on board the rocket ship. On the rocket ship. On the way to Mars. No, we were. On a collision Earth. course. Back to Earth. Back to Earth. <laughs> it's just a, 
we want to enjoy our time here because we're going to be such so such supreme humans that we may as well enjoy every second that's the whole point <laughs> i love that i love that yep. so nick let's wrap up there for the very first episode of the rise podcast we've gone through a lot uh make sure you go check out the uh, length and partials feel the stretch while you're training maybe uh, hold the stretch for a moment before you move into each rep um and then we went through the rise method and then let us know if you where you are in the rise method you know if you're at the very start maybe in the middle maybe at the very end um and you know we're here to help so give us a rocket emoji and if you like this episode Catch you next week for episode number two. See you guys.